Well, um, it's a common opinion among many theologians uh, in the history of the church, and I would would think it's a it's a reasonable supposition, something that I myself would um, uh, give credence to, is that G, um, <clears throat> the observation is made this when the when the women came to the tomb, Mary Magdalene was the kind of the chief foremost of the women that came to the tomb. Uh, early in the morning on Easter Easter Day, and uh, the, the, there was someone noticeably, there was a woman noticeably absent, and that's the mother of Jesus. She was noticeably absent, and the reflection, you know, in the tradition is that uh, Christ appeared to uh, the Blessed Mother first of all, and it's, it's just not recorded in the Gospels; it's not mentioned. And uh, th- that's one possibility, or the other possibility is that Mary, the mother of God, because of her great faith and a very profound and penetrating insight into the mysteries um, uh, that that God was working in the life of her own son, and she was very much privileged to understand and have insight into, into the mysteries um, of the incarnation and Christ's mission and his, his calling and his task uh, amongst men, that she understood that he would rise from the dead. She, she had that understanding, she had that faith, and so she saw no need to go and anoint his dead body because she knew that he, if he hadn't risen, was going to rise. So either Mary knew that she was uh, going to, he was going to rise or he had already risen and had appeared to her first and that's just not recorded. But for as great as the mother of God is, and of course she is by far the greatest saint ever, it's very interesting that God gave to St. Mary Magdalene the privilege of being the first person to announce and to communicate the resurrection. So even if Mary Magdalene was not the first person to see the risen Christ, if that is in case that, that Mary, the mother of God, uh, saw the risen Christ first, Mary Magdalene nonetheless was the first to have the privilege of communicating that and of preaching that, so to speak, announcing that good news of the gospel. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe I'd have to do, I probably should have done a uh, check in the original Greek before I came here this morning, but uh, it says at the end, it says Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that word translated announced is probably uh, probably um, evangelizo, which is where we get the word evangelize. Uh, so, so Mary Magdalene, in a very subtle way, is being portrayed as the first evangelist, the first Christian evangelist, a great, great privilege. And uh, you wanna, we want to ask ourselves, why was this incredible privilege given to Mary Magdalene? Um, why did uh, Jesus uh, appear to her and have her be the first person to announce the gospel? Um, well, I, some people say that Jesus was a kind of a proto-feminist and he wanted to uh, give w- uh, women a privileged place. And I think there's probably some truth to that, actually. I think, uh, you know, it's commonly said by uh, biblical scholars and historians that a woman's testimony in a Jewish court of law uh, did not hold a lot of weight. Uh, I think they had to have maybe two or three women was, was equal. One man's testimony was equal to like two or three women's testimony or something like that in a Jewish court. So that Jesus was sort of giving Mary this privilege of being, uh, he was, he was kind of inverting that, that convention, okay? And, and I think Jesus did sort of, uh, in a certain sense, bust cultural expectations, burst cultural expectations here and there when it comes to women. The fact that he has a very this very intimate relationship um, uh, with Mary Magdalene probably was 
uh, a little contrary to the nor- to the cultural expectations and norms for what you know was expected from a Jewish rabbi. So I think that's there's some truth to that. Uh, but really, I believe the deeper issue here is just that Mary Magdalene was a great saint. She was a great saint because she had the virtue of charity in her heart. It was so powerful and so strong. She had it at such an intense level uh, that there were probably not many people that had a greater love of God and of Christ than Mary Magdalene. And so it's that it's to the person who had the greatest love that that Jesus appears and gives the privilege of announcing that gospel. Um, so we see here this, this great love that Mary Magdalene has for the Lord. And there is a, a kind of, um, uh, what else we can learn from Mary is her great perseverance. I don't think she had a full understanding of the resurrection. She probably had some sense that it was going to take place, but she was mostly just confused. And uh, she's very distraught. The Messiah of Israel, the man whom she believes is the Savior of Israel, is apparently dead. And she doesn't know how to interpret or process all of that. And she's extremely distraught. But she still has this great love for him. And she's, she is, as it were, seeking him. Even if it's just his dead body. She is seeking him. She's persevering, as it were, in prayer. Because prayer is all about seeking. And when we pray, if we have this true personal relationship with Jesus, just like Mary Magdalene did, we see this incredible personal relationship it's when jesus calls her by name that she recognizes him and and she refers to him by a kind of a title of intimacy or respect that she you know uh, was was used to calling him if we have a personal relationship with jesus we're also going to be seeking him in prayer and not giving up and being like Okay, that was five Hail Marys. Let's get to work, boys. Let's just go on with our day. But if we have a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to be seeking him with all our heart and persevering. Even in the, in the midst of trials, fear, misunderstanding, we have, tr- we have dark periods that we go through in our life. And do we give up on God? Do we think God has abandoned us? Well, Mary Magdalene, if we follow her example... Uh, you know, we would we would learn to be persevering. Okay, so if we have true love, we persevere, and uh, God allows us to go without His tangible presence, so that our longing for Him would grow. Okay, so God delays answering our prayers; He delays manifesting Himself tangibly in our life so that our desire would grow because he wants to give us such great things and such good things, which is his very self, that he needs our desire to, to be bigger than it is. He needs it, to, he needs it to be proportionate to the greatness of its object. And if we have little desire, we really don't want God, he's not going to manifest himself. He's not, he doesn't care. I mean, this is, this is, not, this is not how he rolls Okay, this is he he wants us to love him deeply and profoundly. So that's why he delays his manifestation to us. And we go through trials and hardships and we might be tempted to think God's not present, not with us, that he's left us. And he does that so that our seeking of him would become all the more fervent and therefore in our love for him and our desire for him would grow all the more. 
because we can't desire him enough. We can't love him enough. He is the greatest thing that we could uh, desire and want. He is the fulfillment of all our longing and happiness. So today, my brothers and sisters, like St. Mary Magdalene, let us not be distraught by any apparent absence of God uh, in our life, but let us, like her, seek him, persevere, uh, and, and have our desire and our love for him grow um, so that he might uh, at last um, uh, find us worthy to manifest himself to us.